Atomic Joints Activated. Hey guys, it's Goblin Stomper back with another podcast ready to drop. Yeah, uh, I figure there's no rules, right? I can do one the next day or every couple of days or every week. This is great. This um, The one nice thing about using my phone as this particular tool is that uh, it's always with me. So when I have something to talk about, when I have a thought about gaming, I can just pull over while I'm driving or grab it when I'm on my couch and make it happen. So I was giving a lot of thought yesterday, and I don't know what sparked it, but it's probably something I read in a Facebook post as I was leafing through about house rules. Now, uh, everybody, I think, for the most part, house rules on some level. So what, what I was thinking, well, first, let me jump back. So last week, I was reading a blog post, and I don't think it was necessarily all that new, but I'm not sure, from Anthony Husso, and or Husso, I don't know how he pronounces it, but I apologize if I pronounced it incorrectly. I'll, at some point, try to link to it from the blog when I post this episode onto Goblin Stopper. But... He really, uh, he plays AD&D First Edition, I, I believe I'm getting that right, and he is serious about the rules. Now, we've, we, we all talk about rules as written in the OSR a lot. I think it's a common thread. And uh, I think most of us agree that it is hard. It is really hard to run a game following the rules is written. It, it is its own very specific challenge that quite honestly, I don't think uh, that I would want to undertake. I think that, like for instance, let me give you a for instance, and everybody has, what is your favorite thing that you get rid of immediately? So when I'm playing uh, either AD&D or BX, and we talk about magic, and we talk about spells, and we talk about components, I just throw it out the window. I know there's a lot of people who use them on some level. They either keep them in the game, and I think that makes it much harder for the mage. And I think the mage, the magic user, or the wizard, is already, he's already handicapped, and I get that later on he becomes very powerful, and so taking away this uh, component maybe is a problem, but most of my games never run long enough that a mage gets so powerful. I have run games like that, and I handle that differently on the back end, but in the beginning, I just do away with it. They're handicapped enough, they have verbal, they have somatic, if they're if they have, uh, say, a cleric who's countering with silence, that's going to throw them right off. If they're engaged in combat, that's going to throw them right off. So, and they have to really try to stay out of combat. So they have, they're, they're like uh, a surgical tool, and I don't want to handicap them anymore. 
So I would say if I have one rule that I do away with immediately, it's that. What's another? When you're building a character at first level, I just give you max hit points. I don't know that um, that, that that definitely is not in, in any book uh, that I'm aware of. Maybe it is. I don't know. I'm sure you'll tell me. But, I, you know, I want to give that first level character... <sighs> I don't know that it's that much of an advantage. I call it an advantage. I guess on some level it is an advantage, but so many characters die so quickly at first level that I, I don't I don't see it as an advantage. Um, drastic enough to really tip the scales. So those are two things that I do right off the bat when I play to make sure that my players, uh, you know, are have a. I, I want to give them a fighting chance. Uh, I want to, I want to level the playing field a bit. I don't think that's crazy. Now, Anthony, if you read this post, which again I will, I will link to, I will dig it up and I will link to it. He is trying to apply all of the rules up to and including psionics, by the way, which is difficult. But he has a. Uh, an Excel spreadsheet, which is, he, put, he links to on his blog post. I absolutely recommend that you download it, not necessarily to utilize it and try to emulate him, but just to see the work that he has put in to his game playing, to, to really attempting to stick to the rules. Now, here's the problem. I, f I feel like there are many gray area rules, I think, that most of you will agree with me. There are a lot of rules that are open to interpretation that aren't so concrete. And, you know, at that point, is Anthony playing rules as written or rules as interpreted? I guess you have to leave that in. You have to build that in. He has to be able to look at a rule that has some gray space and say, it is most likely that Gary meant X and not Y, so I'm going to go with X. If I find out later that he meant Y, then I guess I will adjust. Uh, and I think he's always refining. My problem is that I do not want to be a walking encyclopedic creature. Right? I don't want to have to remember all of these things. So some of it is for my own convenience. Some of it is to make sure that I can make the game run smoothly for me and for the player. Again, it, everybody has something. I, I would absolutely love to hear, to, to leave me a, a voice message. You know, I'll throw it into the next episode or the episode after that. But I would love to know what is it the thing, like right off the top of your head, that immediately you just you either get rid of or you adjust on some level that you, you, there is just no way in your game it's going to fly. Oh, house rules, you know. And, and and they're frustrating for DMs slash players, right? I mean, when I go to somebody else's game, or I play in somebody else's game, and they're using component for spells, they're using spell components, so I can speak. It's 26 in the morning. Uh, not enough coffee in my system, but working on it. You know, you get there, and they're using spell components, and, and I think that really does influence my choices, uh, my character class choices. Okay, well, he's using spell components, and I know what a pain in the ass this is going to be. Now, as a new player coming to his table, I may not realize 
the level of that burden. And now I have to, okay, so I get it in some cases like it's just a piece of dust or a piece of string and the DM knows that you just have it readily available because in your clothing somewhere there's dust or string. But again, as levels go up and it becomes something like gold, diamonds, pearls, whatever, uh, or stranger items, this can be a real hassle. And a new player at third or fourth level may all of a sudden find himself reaching into a pocket with a DM who seriously is keeping track of inventory and he can't cast that spell. I get it. That's built into the system. Gary put that there. He wanted there to be that level of difficulty, that level of thought. The mage is, again, at higher levels. Powerful. So, ooh, person next to me just locked their car, and they did it again. How many times are they going to lock their car? <laughs> no edits. It's anchor. We're just flowing. So, you know, when I get to that table and I ask, hey, how do you house rule this, or what are, how are you playing this class or that class, um, you know, it's helpful certainly if someone is up front. But I also know that a lot of DMs don't have a written list. They're running off of how they've been playing for a long time, and you get there, and, and you don't know all the house rules, and suddenly you're faced with, oh, you know, X happened, uh, Y should happen by the book, and then the DM says, oh, no, um, I have a running house rule for that. Okay, uh, you know, I get it. You can't absolutely 100% hand me an encyclopedic list of your house rules. I, I, I couldn't do that. I try to be upfront about the big ones at the beginning so that people who both DM and play have a good idea what direction they want to go. And I face that. So that's important. Uh, I, I feel like I'm rambling a little bit, but you, you got you to gotta have some kind of clarity. Anthony has like this total clarity, which... I find myself a bit envious of that people coming to his table and they say, how do you play? And he goes, I play by the book. That's it. I mean, there's, he doesn't have to explain anything else to anybody at that point. He can just say, here, look at my spreadsheet. This is how I play. This is the tool I use to play to make sure that we're playing by the rules. If you, you, know, if you think I've deviated from a rule, that's fine. We can maybe look at, I'm, I'm uh, extrapolating, like I'm just interpolating here. I'm, 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 I don't know that this actually happens at this table, but I imagine at some point somebody was like, wait a minute, is that really that rule? I, you know, if I was playing with Anthony, I don't think I would question anything because I feel like it's a serious part of his life for a long time and he's pretty clear on it. Uh, maybe I would get to a rule, again, that has some gray area. And he can say to me, all right, well, I've, I've interpreted this to mean X and not Y. So I, I think this is what Gary means. This is how I'm doing it. He, he, obviously, that would be a rarity. For the most part, you need the component. You're going to roll for your hit points at first level. You know, uh, weapon speed matters, whatever. It, you know, I don't play with weapon speed, another house rule, right? So... Can you tell? I'm sitting in the car. I'm in a parking lot. People are honking. People are waving. People are beeping their car shut. So we're going to get some of that. So I'm, I'm really interested. Like my, absolutely my top of my list, uh, house rules, I'm killing spell components and you're maxed out for hit points at first level. And I would say that I could almost play with everything else if I needed to. It would be a slower game. I would have to probably reference a lot of things. But those are my top two. I'm curious what yours are. Uh, you know, I 
I just, I don't know. This rules as written. There, there are people who are, like Anthony, who are, are taking that seriously. I, I don't know if anybody's taking it as seriously as, as he is. Uh, but I can tell you that, say with BX specifically, if you play Rules as Written, that game becomes much harder. And, and OSR games in general, I think, if you play Rules as Written versus, say, 5e, I think that those games are just much more difficult to keep that character alive, whether it's five PCs versus five goblins in, in either system, I think in 5e, your party has a way better chance of coming out unscathed. Even if you're playing it, the rules are the rules, the rules are the rules. And uh, I want that. I mean, when I'm playing in, in the BX game, when I've been playing with Kelly, the BX game on Thursdays, we are much closer to the rules as written than I was when I first started playing basic in 8081 so you know I've as and it's been a long time since I played basic in fact I, I once we switched to AD&D 1e I, I think we never really went back to basic and so playing with Kelly notwithstanding some labyrinth lore and some other things I've done it was the first time I'd gone back to to BX really and played those rules and when he was sticking to it I was really I was really realizing and I, I had realized in, in labyrinth lore too that I was playing wrong. There was no wrong way to play. and That's a whole other podcast. But we were alive uh, in, at times when we should not have been alive. And, and that could only have been... The, and, and look, I wasn't a DM in, in 8081. I was learning to play. So I was a player. And my basic character... And I remember my first basic character being a cleric. And he just was alive. And I, I think now there's no way. There's no way. You know, no spells at first level. I, it, it was so hard. And, and we weren't a big party. We weren't a big group. And now it's a group of like four or five guys. And, we're, and, and we know how to utilize uh, hirelings. And we're, we are utilizing hirelings. And that has greatly increased our ability to stay alive by creating other targets for monsters, etc. So uh, rules is written... It's an interesting concept, but I think most of us house rule. I think it's the first thing we think about when we're reading through a system. Oh, here's, uh, you know, here are the 10 rules and here are the two that I feel like I have to change right off the bat because the game's not going to run correctly. It's just, it's going to, there's going to be too many slamming up against the wall, end of character life, whatever problems if I use that. I want to know. Uh, I'm running up on 15 minutes. I'm going to kill it. Uh, there is a, another small section, so this might be a slightly longer podcast than you're used to, but um, just stick with me. I just want to holler back at the mixed GM because he's got something to say to me. So the mixed GM, a.k.a. not John Dacre, he, uh, he and I, we play on Thursday nights in what was Kelly's game and now he's going to be running some acts and he sucked me into well he did a couple things one he listened to my podcast which is great and he left a comment about my podcast and my blog post so I absolutely I'm going to put that in next right after you hear from me Uh, in fact let's listen to that now and then I'm going to comment on the back end 
Hello, Howard the Goblin Stomper. This is the Mixed GM. I was just calling in to talk about escapism a little bit. You know, when does it become dangerous? Really, it probably becomes dangerous when uh, you, not you personally, but just a person, uh, any takes, like, has a responsibility and does not follow through with it because of, you know, gaming stuff, whatever. You know, can't, you know, like, um, I don't know, like not doing something for work or, you know, canceling a planned family activity or something so you can go do world building stuff. That would be probably when, you know, the escapism becomes dangerous. And also, I still haven't forgiven you for agreeing with my wife about socks and sandals. It's acceptable. Deal with it. So, you know, thanks. I appreciate the uh, that you listened. I appreciate that you shot me a message via Anchor FM. It is the first you have busted the message cherry, so and the interaction cherry, and that is cool. Um, so, I you know I I just want to focus on one part of your message really, and that is the sandals with the socks thing. It's it's ridiculous, man. I, I get it. Again, you know, we, we had that long exchange. I'm sorry that I had to take your wife's side. I know that you expect that whole bros before. Well, you know what I mean. I know what you expected. And under most circumstances, I feel like it's unlikely you could present me with something where I wouldn't say, nah, that's fine. But in this particular case... Aside from, like, running to the car to get the groceries or uh, running outside to take the trash out. I don't think that that's a look that I would be comfortable with. Let's say you and I were going to have a beer and I picked you up and you were wearing sandals and socks. Black, white, brown. I don't care what color they were. Uh, I would have to say that uh, one of two things would happen. Our beer trip would be canceled. Or I would offer to go grab some beer and bring it to the house. Because being seen, it's just, it, look, I don't mind being looked at. I'm looked at all day at work. I'm looked, you know, I'm, I'm too old to give a shit what people think. And, I, and I, I guess that's where you're coming from, maybe. That you don't care because you've reached an age or a place in life or that you're settled. You have a wife, you have a life. You don't care that someone sees you and you're comfortable and that's all that matters. I disagree. I disagree. There are things that have happened in this world that I disagree with. Uh, <clears throat> I'll give you another example. People who wear their goddamn pajamas uh, out in the world to do things. This is not, this is not okay. I mean, I, I've interviewed people. I, I've had people come to me in interviews in pajama bottoms. Do, do they really think I'm going to hire them? Now, not at the pawn shop, obviously, other incarnations of my life. But this is crazy. Who comes to a job interview in pajama bottoms? Pajama bottoms are not okay. Socks and sandals, it's not just a fashion faux pas. It's, it's a fashion sore thumb. You know, I, I'll wear white after well, I don't really wear white after any day because if I wear white, I'm going to get something on it and I'm going to be a mess. So I'm, I'm cognizant of that. But I would. I wouldn't care if my shirt was white, if I had to wear a white shirt after a particular day. I'm not fashion conscious. I mean, right now, today, I'm wearing a crappy pair of shorts and a T-shirt. I'm going into the pawn shop. The customers don't care how I look. 
Uh, but I can bet you, if I walked down this particular Ave in, with that particular look, there would be comments. There, there would be many comments. Unwanted. It would, it would create unwanted attention. So I'm just telling you that uh, I, I value our friendship and I value our time together. And as your friend, I'm, I hope, I implore you, please, either take the socks off or put the sneakers on. Like that, that's it. It's not, is it really that tough? It's not that tough.